Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Insiders. I am James Ham. Joining me today, Jesse Tavia filling in for... Kyle Madsen, who's under the weather still, but he should be back relatively soon. Jesse, we got some stuff to talk about today. We do. I was very excited to see the show this morning. The vibes are up. We're going to talk sports. I mean, what more could you want? The vibes are up. I don't know if the vibes are all that far up when it comes to Sacramento Kings, but... Their vibes, they need to work on their vibes. Our vibes, though, we're, we're up today. Our vibes are here. Our vibes. We, If you're here for vibes, we will bring you the vibes, right? Uh, the Super Bowl is over and done with. It goes down as one of the greatest, uh, the most watched shows of all time. 1.23, let's see, 123.4 million people tuned in to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, That's up 7% from last year. 202 million tuned in for at least part of the game. Jesse, is that just crazy? It's a crazy number, but it's not shocking, right? I, I kind of figured, like, I was expecting some kind of, like, not world record, but you know, some record number for the Super Bowl just with Taylor Swift in it and all that. I just, you know, I was expecting something big. It's crazy, but it's not shocking, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, 7%, a 7% bump, that doesn't seem like the, the Taylor Swift effect, really. I mean, it's it was a good game, and I think people yeah, that, tuned that in because they're like, okay, these are the two best teams, so that's going to be why a huge amount of people tune in. Then you have a whole bunch of people like like my mom, who like texts me every day on Super every Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you know, whoever, she's watching that day which is the only day she ever watches the nfl i don't even think she knows what football is and then all of a sudden she knows who's playing that day which is weird to me there's also the aspect patrick mahomes does bring in viewers too oh he does yeah he does bring in the casual so yeah just everything mixed in all together yeah i'm not i'm not shocked but it is is an insane number i also think the 49ers bring in viewers yeah like the the 49ers are one of the nfl storied franchises i we get kind of lost in that because we're here in, in Northern California, but they are still like a huge draw, uh, both nationally, globally, everything else. Yeah, they're one of the top tier NFL franchises as far as like the Pittsburgh Steelers and all that. Yeah, I, I think it's so kind too. of like where they're going to have that following no matter what, I think. Because, you know, you know there's always, always going to be Montana fans everywhere from the 80s and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that um, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and, and then probably, I know it's weird, but. The Raiders have a lot of fans. Yeah, they do. I feel bad for them, all of them, but they they do have a lot of fans. I, I love Raider fans because they're just they're lo- they're loyal. They're, they're they're loyal. That's all you can call them. You know, it's funny. They're loyal when they they literally follow the mis- the most disloyal franchise in the history of professional sports. 
I mean, who who among us has not followed a sports franchise as a knob a couple of times? Yeah, but it's one thing to beat you up and because they don't get there, but it's another thing to take your team to LA and then back to Oakland and, and then team to Las Vegas. Like they're a disloyal group as as a franchise. It's almost like you know uh, they they put up a tent and move from one town to the next. They're like the circuit of the uh, of the NFL. It's also hard for fans too, though, because they do move to cool cities. Into Los Angeles, I'll go to Los Angeles to watch the Raiders or whatever. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'll go in and all that. Vegas, like, it, it, they are making it tough for the fans to leave. Yeah, but you know the one good thing about the NFL is that it's only for home games. There's only eight or nine home games a year, and so it's not that bad for fans to hop on a. You know, it's what maybe 150 bucks to get down to Vegas. You could even go down in the morning and come back at night. And still, and not even have to pay for a hotel room, or you could just, you know, have a good weekend in Vegas and spend like three thousand dollars because Vegas weekends are just a nightmare. Um, but uh, I definitely think that the NFL is kind of built for that, you know, to go to Vegas for a weekend. It's that's where I think Major League Baseball is just making a tremendous mistake with the A's because there's a way that they're going to sell out and everything about this says it's not going to work. It's, oh yeah, it's everything all there. Says. No, I, I totally agree. Um, as we close the book on the Super Bowl and and with that the uh, the 2023-2024 NFL season, like the Niners have a lot of question marks going forward. You know, they're I I think that a lot of things got answered in the Super Bowl as far as like Brock Purdy is your guy moving forward, um, at least from my view. But also, I think you know there there's something like forty three million dollars over the cap going into this offseason, and they've got to make some cuts. They've got to figure out a way to fine-tune the roster some way. Uh, what do you think? Are, are we seeing, like, the final iteration of this group, or do you think we're gonna, they're going to be able to stretch this thing out for another three or four years? We'll get one more year of this core group right here. Like, this group as it is that lost in the Super Bowl, we'll get one more year of them. I think, like, Chase Young might leave in free agency, but he does he's not, I don't want to say insignificant, like in a bad way, but more so, like that's not going to affect them. Where like they're not going to get back to the Super Bowl or whatever. They are, they're going to have one more run. They can they can make. I don't know if they're going to make it just because. I mean, we were reaching Buffalo Bills territory in the '90s where they like going to go to like four straight Super Bowls. They did have the NFC Championship game against the Rams. They lost to, but Rams won the Super Bowl that year. So like you're going to have this much continued success. That's kind of difficult. But I think they have one more shot before it's kind of like all right, we're going to move some pieces around and it's going to look a little different. Man, that hurts. You just compared the the '90s Buffalo Bills. To They're the, the modern day version of it to me. Oh, that's tough. Just because, like, like you had the Super Bowl in the, um, 2019 or whatever. Then um, I think that was the 2020 year they got hurt. So whatever, that's whatever. And then they lost the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Where, like I said, Rams won the Super Bowl that year. And then um, this year, like, they, they, they're one of the four best teams. And honestly, you could say one of the two best teams for the most part. And they just can't get it done. Like, everyone thought it was this year, too. Like, this is their best shot. They got Chase Young. They have everything they need, and it just didn't happen again. Yeah, really, really tough. Uh, I would expect minor tweaks. I mean, I, I'm sure that they're going to try to try to do something, and, and they're going to have to figure out a way to, to clear up salary uh, salary cap space. Um, there are all kinds of mechanisms. Like, I know the, the NBA, like, CBA, inside and out, but the NFL is a whole other beast. Like, like trying to figure out how they convert guys from, you know, they, they give them their, their salary bonuses and then they convert those bonuses to salary a couple of years later. Like it gets really, really dicey and really complex. And I don't know that I could walk through it all and figure out the path for the 49ers to get 
like salary cap solvent this year. Yeah, that's not a job for us, James. Thankfully, thankfully, some some, some person <laughs> in some office has to deal with that. Uh, that that's awesome. Uh, the San Francisco Giants got on the board. They landed a 32-year-old Jorge Soler uh, on a three-year, $42 million deal. Soler is a guy, you know, he's a um, he's from Cuba. Uh, he's sort of followed the um, uh, Cespedes sort of pathway to, to Major League Baseball. I know the A's were interested in him when he was a young player coming over from Cuba. Uh, last year, he batted 250 with 36 homers, 75 RBI with the Marlins. Um, he's intriguing to me. He's primarily a DH at this point. But my concern with him is that he had 36 home runs this last year and walked away from like a $9 million guaranteed salary so he could go make it rich. He also did this one other time where he hit 48 homers in 2019. Outside of that, the 48 homer year and the 36 homer year, he's never hit more than 14 homers. Yeah, this is a Giants had to sign somebody move. Like, he's a decent player and all that, but it's not like. Well, he's got to be, like, middle of, well, I don't think middle of your order bat. Like, I think he's a 5-6 hitter. Maybe for them he's higher than that, but, like, in a in a perfect world, he's probably, like, a 5-6 hole hitter for you. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll fit in there. He'll hit some home runs or whatever. Maybe hitting the triples alley or whatever they call it out there, but, like, mm. Meh, whatever. It doesn't move them. It doesn't move the needle for you. It doesn't do anything. They'll finish fourth, fifth, or whatever. We all know who that division belongs to. <laughs> That's brutal. Uh, Jesse's not in on the Jorge Soler signing. He's out. Uh, let's get to this Victor uh, Wembanyama game last night. Twenty-seven points, fourteen rebounds, five assists, ten blocks. This is better than Jorge Soler right here. Right there. Okay, so you believe this to be better than Jorge Soler? Definitely. I buy I buy into this right here. The dude's insane. Like, I was talking talking to you about it before the show. Who's to say he doesn't get a quadruple double sometime this year, sometime in his career, where he's putting up points, rebounds, um, assists, and blocks? Like, this dude is insane. Yeah, I think the only player that I can remember ever getting the quadruple double, maybe I'm wrong. David Robinson. David think, Robinson right? is the only one that I remember, like, in most of my time watching basketball. I think that there is someone else's, uh, like there's probably 10 of them uh, all time, I think, but I'm not sure who they are. Uh, maybe I should I should research that at the break. I'll look it up. Like who? Yeah, with, with Wemby too, like it's kind of crazy because it feels like the Spurs, they kind of got them in, like, um, in bubble wrap still. Like they're not fully unleashing him, I feel like. So it's like he's doing all this in limited time right now. So it's like once he gets his career going, and they get like decent players or like better players around him and all that. Like it's just gonna elevate. I'm really excited to see what he looks like in like two, three years because um, we've seen it even with Keegan Murray, how he he was able to like rebuild his body in in his first off season. And I kind of want to see what a pro staff that working with women Yama every day. I mean, before he got to the NBA, he he had never lifted weights at all. Like, he does all these strange exercises. Have you ever seen him do, like, his foot exercises? No, I haven't seen it. Where he, like, literally walks across the floor, like, basically squishing his feet up. Like, he has all kinds of strange exercises that they've worked uh, to help with his flexibility to make sure that, you know, his, his small muscle fibers, wrist, elbows, shoulders, ankles, knees are all strong. But no weights yet, and I'm kind of intrigued to see what he looks like once the weight room hits. Um, we've got a Kings game tonight. Can't wait. Yeah, the Kings face the Phoenix Suns. On national TV, too. TNT game. TNT game. This is exciting. There's a lot riding on this game. I think so, too. I don't I don't like saying that there's a lot riding on a game with 30 games left in the season. 
But Jesse, there's a lot riding on this game. These are the teams around you or whatever, and you want to see how you, not how you stack up, but more so like like the Suns are a half game. I don't know exactly what they are. They're probably about, I think they're a half game actually up on the Kings right now. Like yeah. you don't want to make it a full game or a game and a half or anything like that. Like you do want to stick around. You don't want to get stuck in the playing game either and the playing matchup. So like these games do matter. Yeah, so as of right now, the Kings are tied with a virtual tie with the, the Dallas Mavericks for the number seven slash number eight seed in the Western Conference. But the Suns are a half game up on them. And uh, I think you can throw the Pelicans in there too. The Pelicans, we'll, we'll get into a much larger discussion about this in just a little while. But this is, it really does feel like it's a big game, especially with the way the Kings have been teetering between, you know, great to, to bad. On almost a nightly basis. Well, we go, we go from the Pistons dud to the Nuggets. Oh, wow, they blew them out to the Thunder. Oh, they didn't even show up today. What do we get today? That's right. That's right. Um, okay, we're going to step aside. When Jesse and I come back, we're going we're gonna to dive into this matchup between the Kings and the Phoenix Suns. It's a big one. Uh, again, national TV, you're going to be out there in front of a big audience, and the Sacramento Kings need to show uh, figure out how to put on a better show than what they have against some of the teams that they've played lately. Uh, We're the Insiders here on ESPN 1320. We'll be back in just a sec. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome into the Insiders. I am James Ham. Joining me today, Jesse Tapia, filling in for Kyle Madsen. The Sacramento Kings take on the Phoenix Suns tonight in Phoenix. I, I don't even, at this point, Jesse, I don't even look up what they're they're calling the Phoenix Arena anymore. I, I don't even know. Like, Do we it, even know what it is off the top of our head right now? No, it's walking something. or It used to be the talking stick. Talking stick or walking stick. It might just be Phoenix Suns Arena now, I think. No, it, it does have another name again. 
I'm finding this out right now. Let me yeah. pr- let me produce real quick. I don't know. That's for me. Um, so first of all, the late great uh, Greg Van Dusen, the late great Greg Van Dusen, it's the Footprint Center, by the way. Now the Footprint Center. Okay, um, he whether this is 100% accurate or not, but he always claimed that it was his idea to name to go out and sell the naming rights to Arco Arena. And Arco Arena, like, realistically changes the landscape. Like, when Arco Arena sells, uh, when they, they sell the naming rights to what, I don't know, would be, like, Sacramento Arena, whatever, that was, like, the first time there was a naming rights deal. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yes. So they end up getting a little bit of money. It wasn't even that much, but it was a long-term deal with Arco. And, you know, for years and years, I mean, I still, we have Arco 1, we have Arco 2, I still, like, when you think of that building, it should be Arco. It shouldn't be Power Balance. Power Balance Pavilion? Pavilion. It Was it Pavilion or Arena? And, and then it went to Sleep Train. Um, like, I, I don't, like, I wasn't okay with any of that. Like, yeah, I, it was like the Staples Centers in crypto. Like, I'm not calling it crypto. It's still Staples. It's still Staples, right? So, is crypto even, is that even a business though? No, I don't think it, like, I'm not sure it is. Like, I, well, I mean, if it is, they're being sued by somebody. Or yeah, that was a wild run that, um, that that year. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're like the new dot-com, and, and it's like, it's worked out for some people, but other so much. Anyway, uh, the Sacramento Kings are rolling into that arena in Phoenix, uh, Arizona. A huge game, Jesse. So this is, they're going to, uh, like, drum roll, you know, finish up the, the first the pre-All-Star break schedule with a back-to-back tonight in Phoenix on TNT, followed by in Denver tomorrow, which is no longer the Pepsi Center. It's now something else as well. Uh, so what what are your first thoughts when you think, oh, no, the, the Phoenix Suns followed by the Denver Nuggets to finish this thing off? First thoughts is take it time. Right now you got a game where the Phoenix Suns are a half game ahead of you. Ramsey in the chat brought it up during um, the break. You win this one, you win the season series. They do have another game coming up due to the in-season tournament, right? With um, a fifth game. Yeah, they have a fifth game. So they have a fifth game, so you do have some sense. some breathing room or whatever. But like, you don't you don't want to get to that point. You want to end it where you can, because you already have lost the season series to the Pelicans. You don't want to make it to where, all right, we lost to the Phoenix Suns tonight. Now we got to take it to whenever they play again. It's like, all right, that's another high pressure game. Where if you lose that, it's another tiebreaker you don't have. So I think as far as the back to backs, they got to take it a game at a time and focus fully um, solely on the Suns today. Yeah, so the Sacramento Kings, they have been really good on the first night of a back-to-back throughout the season. They have not been good on the second night of a back-to-back, although they've they've had some improvements. They've, they've actually— Yeah, you could say they picked it up probably as of late. Not great, but— It's not such a big deal where we have to mention it every single time they have a back-to-back. Well, they're going to lose tomorrow. Um, but there's also a good chance that they could lose tomorrow. It's the Denver Nuggets. It's a very good team. Not only that, but you go from Phoenix and then you fly to Denver— so it's a late-night flight. Uh, it's not an easy place to get into, and the elevation is always a killer. So um, I, I would expect if you're going to get the the A game from the Kings, it would probably be tonight and not tomorrow, uh, especially with the impending you know, All-Star break. Everyone's just ready to pack their bags and get out the door. Um, kind of an interesting side note. I think everybody believes that the next player to get into the All-Star game, if there was an injury, would be Demonis Sabonis. But here we are 
like the All-Star All-Star weekend is this weekend. It sure does feel like there's not going to be an injury replacement in the Western Conference. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't say so. I don't think we've even heard any rumblings that that could happen. I don't think like any players who oh, he might not play this weekend in the All-Star game or whatever. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, just one of the most uh ridiculous it's, Which is insane cuz it's always I'm going to take it back to Will Z last week. He brought it up on D'Lo and KC like Demonis Sabonis is putting up like this this and that since Will. Yeah. All right, yeah. I guess we're just not putting him in the All-Star game, I guess. Yeah, it's one of the most ridiculous things you've ever seen, right? It is. He leads the league in triple-doubles with 17. He leads the league in double-doubles, I think it's 48, including 35 consecutive. He leads the league in rebounding. He's like fifth or sixth in the league in assists at like 8.2 or 8.3 a game. He's averaging almost 20 a game. Like the stats say he's an All-Star, and for him not to be in the All-Star game is, is Disrespectful. ridiculous. It is. Maybe he should go just go out there and like like make his own create his own roster spot tonight or tomorrow night. Just Why not? Like, you're like, okay, Kevin Durant, you're gonna come inside? Nope. How about you miss the All Star game? I'm for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Devin Booker, you wanna come in my house? Nope. No All Star game for you this weekend. I'll take your spot. Maybe he can clear enough space in the next two games between Jokic and and <laughs> Just play your way into the game. Yeah, Somehow Kevin play Durant your way into the game. And Devin Booker, maybe he can he can clear enough space for him and Fox to get into the All-Star game. Like, hey, man, I got us. We're going. Like, Fox is like, I don't want to go. He's like, no, no, I got us. I got us, bro. Yeah, Fox turned like, off to the corner like, I'm good. No, no, man, like, don't do it. He's like, I'm, I'm with Fox, oh, though. No. Get, let's give Fox a break. Yeah, I'm going to grab Keon Ellis by his skinny little ankles, and I'm just going to swing him around the court and uh, knock both KD and uh, Devin Booker out of this game, and we're going to win. Like, all Maybe right. KD wants to take the weekend off and gives a bonus that spot. That's right. We do have an official... Sasha Vazinkov, uh injury update. Uh, Sasha Vazinkov injured his right ankle during practice on Friday, February 10th. Imaging confirmed Vazinkov suffered a grade three right ankle sprain. That is catastrophic. They will reevaluate him in four to six weeks. That's from the Sacramento Kings. That's breaking news as we speak right now. Grade three is the most severe. It does mean that he detached or snapped the ligament in his ankle, and now it's got to reconnect. Um De'Aaron Fox, a couple of years ago, took, I think it was like one of the fastest ever, like getting back from a grade three, and it took seven weeks. Uh, he missed 20 games. Um, most players are out eight to 12. So this is a long-term injury for Sasha Vizinkov. Yeah, that's is, tough, just especially because he hasn't been able just to find a flow this season. And this, like it's 46 weeks or whatever, but I'd call it right now. He's probably not going to play much when he's coming back, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm also going to point out, it was not on Friday. They didn't practice on Friday. They practiced on Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl. So their injury update is slightly incorrect. It was on Saturday uh, when, I, I guess, they f they flew into Oklahoma. Uh, because I, I talked to Sasha, and he played Friday night, and everything was A-OK. -okay. Um, let's get to uh, projected starters. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, we've got Bradley Beal. We've got Devin Booker, uh, Grayson Allen, who's, who has torn up the Kings a couple of times, Kevin Durant, and Yusuf Nurk, uh, Nurkic. Uh, projected starters for the Sacramento Kings. The standard starters, Fox, Herter, Barnes, Murray, Sabonis. Uh, and then, of course, we like to do here is the matchup to watch. For you, what is the matchup that you want to see tonight? It's the Fox versus Devin Booker. Let me see the Stars versus the Stars. You want to see uh, the Kentucky connection? I want to see the Kentucky connection. I want to see De'Aaron Fox. I want to see him step up today, too. I think that that's the biggest thing, right? You need to see De'Aaron Fox find a way to step up. De'Aaron Fox has been all over the board lately. 
and like just even the energy level you can see kind of lackluster at times it feels like i don't want to say he's coasting in but it feels like he's coasting in on fumes into the all-star break like so, this so when you say coasting you mean like he's gas probably and he's just kind of like like just kind of i need to get to the all-star break i don't think he's mailing it in yeah that's not what i'm saying but what i am saying is he looks like he's run out of juice i got you he's and, gassed up and he needs a he needs a week off to to decompress to get right mentally to get right physically um spend some time with the family maybe go on a, a vacation but uh that's kind of where we're at with fox at this point but you got two games left here, and these are big games, and you need to show up for your team and figure out a way to fight through it, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, you might be roughed up or whatever, but, like, you're the star of the team. You kind of just—it's that's kind of what comes with it, being the star of the team. We kind of—we still need you um, leading up to this All-Star, but we got two important games right here, and you kind of, like, you can't—like a role player or whatever, maybe he can get away with it, but you lead this team. So, yeah, the Kings do need him these next two games, no matter how he's feeling. Outside of the Fox and— uh, and Booker matchup. Is there another one that stands out to you that you really want to see? You think Keegan Murray's going to guard KD at all today? Yeah. That one. I think he'll probably defend Booker as well. I, like, that one, then, I want to see Keegan Murray defending the Stars. Not primarily versus a Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, but more so when he's guarding like those guys. I want to see him guard the Stars and see how that ends up. I think that's going to be a big part of today. Okay. I, I think it's also interesting because Bradley Beal is back. So you do have sort of their their three main guys and and then uh, Nurkic and uh, like to be honest, I don't think Nurkic usually plays all that well against Sabonis. Sabonis usually has his way. Yeah, Sabonis uh, will get his. Yeah, he he. I think Nurkic, in my opinion, does a nice job keeping Sabonis's rebound numbers down, but overall, it doesn't feel like he's all that impactful against against Sabonis, and and he gets in foul trouble. Yeah, Sabonis Sabonis have a big game today. Yeah, so I think that we've got a lot of key matchups in this game. Uh, again, I, the Fox-Booker one is one that stands out. But, you know, Kevin Herter's going to have to figure out a way to slow down Bradley Beal, and and uh, somebody's going to have to defend, whether it's uh, whether it's Keegan Murray or Harrison Barnes. Somebody, please, just step up today. Somebody has to defend uh, Kevin Durant, and I think that that's another issue that you have with this team. They're going to go small on you, and if the Kings don't make adjustments— then they're going to be in well, trouble that, as well. That was the whole thing in the last Suns game, I think it was, when the Kings blew that massive lead. Oh, they went the small against us. All right, well, you better have a game plan for that today. That's right. That's right. All right, well, we're going to step aside when we come back. We'll have more Sacramento Kings coverage here on The Insiders. Now, back to The Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia, with Kyle Madsen out today. Um, this is a huge game tonight. We're we're just talking about, you know, how the Sacramento Kings need to figure out a way to sort of you know string some wins together here before they hit the they hit the All Star break. But I think it's also Jesse. The conversation has to shift to just where the Kings are at in the standings, right? So as of right now, the Pelicans are at 32 and 22. The Suns are at 31 and 22. The Kings are at 30 and 22. And the Mavs are at 31 and 23. And so you got these four teams that are vying for the 6, 7, 8, and 9, I think. 5, 6, 7, yeah, 8. Yeah, 5, 6, 7, 8. 5, 6, 7, 8, right? And, and for those who are paying attention, 
The seven and eight are not playoff spots. Those are what we call play-in spots, and your spot in the playoffs is not secured. you got to win your way in. So as of right now, you've got four teams really bunched together, and it's by nothing. Like again, half game I think between the Kings and the Suns right now, and I think the Mavs just might be like a, just one game behind the Pelicans, who are five and eight right there between those guys. Exactly. Well, the uh, the Kings and the Mavs are in a virtual tie, like thirty and thirty one wins, but twenty two for the Kings and twenty three losses for the Mavs. So the Mavs have one more win, but one more loss. So like by by percentage points, the Kings are ahead of them in the stand. Realistically, they're tied. So again, we have this this crowded field right now. The Kings are 2-1 and one against the Suns on the season, but we talked about they still have two more games because it's an anomaly, right? Then on top of that, they are 2-0 and against the Mavs, and they're 0-4 against the Pelicans. So they lost the Pelicans. Yeah, not great there. Not great at all. So what you don't want to do is tie for like the seven spot or the six spot with the Pelicans and the tiebreakers at the end of the year. But this group of four... Which one it sort of sticks out to you that that maybe is the scariest of the group? Pelicans, for, like for the like it was scariest for the Kings. Well, scariest for the Kings, but the or Kings just the big bad team of this group. Yeah, the Kings can't lose to them anymore. <laughs> I guess the big bad team of this group is the Suns. I guess. Okay. Just because they got the stars right now, and the Kings, like I can't put any. I don't want to say faith in the Kings, but it's just kind of like I can't defend the Kings right now, just because they're too they're too inconsistent to defend. I think right now the Suns have been playing better as of late. So yeah, as far as like the scariest, it's the Suns right now. I think. Yeah, but I would I would say that all of these teams, to a certain degree, have struggled. They they haven't been able to string together long play uh, long winning streaks or, or streaks that would convince you uh, that they're they're certainly none of them are in the top four in the West. Yeah, they're not those teams definitely. Yeah, and so we have this gap right between the where the Kings are at with all of these other teams, but then the next group of teams, and they're all separated by nothing as well. Like, I, I don't know if it's one, one and a half games that separate one through four. Uh, you see Minnesota, they picked up a win against the Clippers last night. It gave them a little bit of breathing room at the top. But the other four teams, whether it's, you know, the Thunder and uh, what do we got? The Clippers, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, and, and, and the Nuggets, they're all like bunched up yeah the west is honestly kind of like it's funny kind of perfectly broken up because you got those top four teams in, in the top of the west or whatever which is kind of a half game game separates them then you got the next four teams where it's like a half game and game separates them and then it's like the 9 10 that outside of the play is like the same thing there it's just almost perfectly balanced i think it is you're right you have your teams that are not going to make the playoffs and we already know who those teams are but then you have a group of teams there might be some conversation as to who makes the playoffs between like the Rockets or the Jazz, or who makes like the tenth seed, and and is going to fight it out. Um, but realistically, I, I think it's kind of separating pretty clearly that it's going to be likely the Warriors and the Lakers. And, and there's a possibility that either one of those teams can climb up. But for right now, they're three games back. Yeah, they're, is, they're working on their own thing right now. They are. Yeah, I, I think the the Warriors are playing a lot better. The Warriors and the Lakers. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. But when we get to this this group of four, right, that the Kings are locked up with, I think we have two teams that chose one path and two teams that chose the other path at the at the trade deadline, right? So the Kings and the Pelicans decide to stand pat, and they're going to go with continuity, whatever that means, right? And we have the Pelicans lose. You know, the Pelicans have dealt with injuries because they always deal with injuries, but Dyson Daniels is now out long-term. 
Um, just like the Kings just had the big blow with Sasha Vizenkov being out long term, although he's not, you know, a huge part yeah. of the rotation, right? It's I, I think Dyson Daniels is a much bigger blow for the Pelicans. But I think we're going to be able to test the theory here about continuity and sticking with a group and trying to throw caution to the wind and get better. Do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, because it's kind of like with the Kings, um, like with the Suns, like they added in Royce O'Neal. They're adding some guys on the bottom. I think they added in um, Thaddeus Young today too. Or the, the Mavs added Gafford and um, P.J. Washington. Yeah. And then you throw it, like you said, with the, the Kings and the Pelicans. They didn't do anything with the Kings. Maybe you're kind of hoping that your move is um, that Fox is ready, like refreshed after the All-Star break. Because right now Fox hasn't been playing, hasn't been playing up to his standards. So maybe you think get him, get him out the break. He's refreshed, ready to go, and you get back to that twenty to thirty point per game, Fox. And I think that's that's kind of maybe the plus the 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 ad they're banking on, maybe. And also a refreshed team too. Like I like now we're starting to see Harrison Barnes get his shots up and stuff like that. Maybe the, the team just they're expecting the team just to take a take that breath. Yeah, and I I think when we walked into this season, everyone in the league looked at the the Phoenix Suns and said, "Oh man, your bench isn't good enough." Yeah, this is kind of like. Like we don't see super teams really anymore, but like when you go for that top heavy team, or it's like a KD, Bradley, Bill, and Devin Booker, where like you're paying all these top guys right here, throwing the Nurkic or whatever, because I know he's making decent money. You're gonna have to you're thinned out kind of your depth, so you're kind of look out for the buyout guys. So this is kind of like yeah, what's expected from them? Yeah. So at the deadline, they add, and it's not even that impressive of a group. Like Royce O'Neal, good defender, but they already had Josh Okogie, who's very similar as a player. Uh, David Roddy. Uh, you're ta- you talked about Thaddeus Young is who they, they're adding today. And then there's a possibility that they'll add Gallinari. Now, I think that's interesting because they really are. We talk about, like, the Kings, will they play on the peripheral, on the fringe, right? This is fringe for me. Like, every single one. I mean, Royce O'Neal probably not fringe. Yeah, Royce O'Neal's probably the best. Not probably. He's the best of that group. Yeah, he's the best of that group. And, and so he's the one guy that you can kind of point to. But I think it really did speak to just how bad they their roster construction was going into the season and sort of the instability that comes with having all of these top tier players and all the salary and and I'd also point out that there's loopholes so you know the league is trying to tighten up so we what we don't have is a bunch of really good players get bought out on their contracts and then they go and they play for the Suns or the Lakers or or the Warriors and sort of strengthen those teams after in, in the buyout market. And uh, the Suns are above the apron, so they're playing in that world. But it basically, the players that they can go out and sign, they have to make $12 million or less. They have to be mid-level exception players or below. And right now, that's what you're seeing. You know, again, Thaddeus Young was a good ball player, you know, five years ago, but he's just more of a like back into the rotation role player at this point. And the same thing with Gallinari. And we don't know what Gallinari has in the tank at all, but you know, you saw him play a little bit for Detroit the other day. These are, yeah, they are low end guys, but I don't think they're guys you kind of, you're not banking on. Cause like at the end of the day, it's like, all right, no, KD Booker and Beal, like you guys are gonna have to do this for us. But like, I think they're expecting maybe these guys just to get us a bucket when you're out there for five minutes or whatnot. Yeah. Just kind of hold down everything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and, and the same thing with the Mavs. I think the Mavs made some structural changes, but uh, Daniel Gafford, he played really well in their first game and gave him a bunch of energy. Like, he's a big dude. Uh, and and there's a possibility that he he does give them a boost. And I've always liked P.J. Washington, but you also gave up Grant Williams. You gave up Seth Curry in that deal. You gave up first-round pick. They kind of they went all in on, like, a number eight seed. 
team. That's and, kind of like just what Mark Cuban and that team does, though, no? I feel like they always just kind of go for it when it's like, Mark, you guys aren't really doing anything. You, that's not really who you are. You're not really that good. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think for, like, if you look at, you compare what they just brought in, I don't know. I, I think P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford, like, if you compare what they're going to go up against with the Kings, they're they're not good enough. They're they're not game changers. It's not a move where it's like, oh, the Mavericks just jumped the Kings or whatever. Now we should be worried about the Kings. Like they didn't jump anyone. If anything, they kind of just solidified themselves more. So like you can hang in this group more. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Like their depth definitely got better. And I, and I like their moves more than I like. Well, I like their moves in the short term, and just the talent they added more than I like what Phoenix did. But I also know that they gave up first round picks and they've cleared out their cupboard. Like yeah. they're they're pretty much all in on this roster which is difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like, isn't isn't it kind of something you're forced to do with a Luka Doncic, though? When you got Kyrie Irving there, like it, you kind of like forced your hand where you kind of do have to go for it? I guess. Yeah, I, I mean... Because it's not like like you're going to rebuild with Luka and Kyrie. Well, the problem is that you have with Luka is he's only 24 years old. Like, But he's so good now, though. He's He's been so good since he walked into the league in 2018. You're just like, holy cow, this guy's good. And I don't know. It feels like he doesn't age. Like he he doesn't. He's always so young. I mean, yeah. I don't, he's got to be twenty five at some point during this season. Um, but still, he's just so incredibly good and so young that you expect him to be much older than he is, and he's just not. Uh, you know, we're gonna have Luka Doncic in the league um, to remind Kings fans of what they missed on in the two thousand seventeen draft. Uh, I mean, 2018 draft for for another like 12 years. Yeah, with with these four teams, because I feel like like there's a tier, but there's an end of the tier, and there's a beginning of the tier. I think the Pelicans are the beginning of the tier. Yep. Mavericks are the end of the tier. Which team do you think the Kings are closer to? Because we're only talking four teams right here, so it's a smaller group. But like, I feel like the Pelicans, like I trust them more than I trust the Mavericks. Yeah. So I think it's funny. Like the Pelicans, although they've thumped the Kings every time. I think if I were going to rate these these teams, I would start with Phoenix, and then I would go Sacramento, and then it would be maybe Dallas, and then the Pelicans. Oh, so you'd go the Pelicans at the end? I, I would. I would. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just so used to them being up on the Kings, though. Yeah, but I think that's why. Because, you know, you can say, well, they beat up the Kings, so they're a better team. But, again, the Kings are 2-0 against Dallas, and the Kings are 2-1 against Phoenix. You know, and, and I guarantee you that's not going to be the case if you look at Phoenix's record against the Pelicans and if you look at at uh, the Pelicans' record against Dallas, there's no way that they're they're that much better because, again, they're all around the same point in the standings. They're both, you know, all of them are around the 32, 31, 32 wins and 22 losses. So, yeah, even if I look it up really fast, um, the let's see, where are they at against the Suns? Yeah. I gonna be able to even pull this up quickly, or and I guess like taking that question too, it's more so are the Kings. It's like a five six team. Do you think or the seven eight team? I've always thought the Kings are more of a five six. Like I, I thought they would live in the four five six. So yeah, and the Pelicans are are zero and one against the Suns, and they are two and two against against the Mavs on the season. So again, they're all beating up each other, right? Um, if I'm going to choose like where I think the Kings should finish, I think the Kings should finish around five or six. 
where they will finish, I have no idea. Because at, what I've seen so far, especially in the month of January and early February, I don't like what I see. I don't like the team that I see. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think calling it right now, like they, they're not who they were last year, I think. No, they're not. No, no. And and I think that that's going to be that's going to be one of the biggest questions, right? So last year at this time, the Sacramento Kings were were almost in the exact same spot, right? Record-wise, I think it's within a, a game or maybe it is the same record. And not only that, but you know, I, I've talked about this where they hit a switch in the second half and they just rolled, right? So the Kings did a, a great job of finishing the season. And that's kind of not where I I thought that I didn't think that would happen, number one. But also, I thought that they were playing better going into this, and they weren't. Last year, the Kings were like 6-7 and seven in their last 15 games heading into the break. This year, the Kings are 7-8 and eight in their last 15 games heading into the break. Like, we have to see what they do in the next two games. Hopefully, you'd at least Make get it look a, split. a little nicer, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a split would be huge. You know, uh, like winning both games would be amazing. But at least a split would get you to the point where, you know, over your last 17 games going into the break, you're like eight and nine. If you lose both these games and you're like seven and 10 in your, in your last 17 games, that's not good. You're seven and 10 in your last 17 games. And like you just lost the game to Phoenix where you're just battling. Yeah, no one, like, there's plenty not to feel good about, too. Yeah, I think that there's a ton. Even if you come out and, and start playing really well. And then the Kings did, you know, amazing stuff coming out of the break last year. That's where they really, really feasted, and they I think they finished uh, was it sixteen and nine in the second half, but realistically it was sixteen and six because they just kind of cash in the last three games. They were making sure that they were healthy, and and to me that's a big deal, right? So that can they in their final what are they going to have left? Um, because as of right now they've got thirty in their final twenty eight games. Can they go? I don't know. Again. You'd want to see. I don't think he can go twenty and eight. What do you think? Seventeen and eleven. Seventeen and eleven. Does that does that do anything? That's not great. I mean, it's it's good, but I don't know that it gets you. I, I don't see a twenty and eight team. I'll be real with you. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't either. And and that's kind of what it's going to take if you're going to be a a five six seed. It's almost so. coming out the break. They're going to have to prove us wrong. Not more so. We're waiting to see what they're going to do, but just like, oh, like, can they do it? But just more so that you're going to have to prove us wrong from what we've seen. Because I feel pretty comfortable about this team, I think. Yeah. About I, what, what, who they are. I think I am too, as of right now. Um, I think if they come out with a different energy in the second half, but every team gets a week off here. And, and I'm sure that every team has, has a player or two that looks like they're, they're struggling to get to the break and struggling to moment and, and need this, like this breather as much as anyone. I don't think you know Fox is alone in that. I think the biggest difference is Fox is a King's best or second best player, top two player, and and that's why we kind of see it more and we feel it more. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think too coming out the break and we talk about the final twenty eight games for the season. My goal for them, honestly, finish five or six. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to reach that that tier with the top four teams right there. But if they were able to finish at the five or six seed. Um, the rest of them at coming out then the season, I think, I think, I think something, I think we come out the season where it's like, okay, yeah, they, they did something right. Um, the second part. Okay. And then if you're looking at the top four, like I think Minnesota is, is 
continues to play well, right? And their win over the Clippers, they've put up a couple of straight wins here. But their win over the Clippers is it, it's a win that like gives you a little bit of breathing room. They're um, they're a game and a half up on Denver, who's a four seed. But Denver and the Clippers are tied in a virtual tie, and they're a game up on OKC for the number two seed. So Minnesota's holding tough, and their defense, to be honest, is is still holding tough. They're they're one of the a, few teams who still play defense in the league. I, no, they're the only team. It's not one of the few teams. I, I well, I guess Cleveland, Cleveland and, and New York are both under 110 points per game. Yeah, New York's always in there. Um, but the 107 per game from Minnesota is pretty stunning. Um, but if I'm looking at these guys, like I could easily see Oklahoma coming back down to earth. They play really hard. They're they're very, very talented, but they're also very young. They haven't been there before. I think that there, there could be a concern about them in the second half of the season because they haven't been to this position before. They're kind of like the Kings of last year, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, there's definitely a world in which I could see them like sort of falling back. Okay, all right, let me turn that around then. You could see them falling back, but can you see any of those other teams in that next tier kind of like making a run to kind of move up into that tier, like maybe a Phoenix, Pelicans, the Kings? Yeah, I definitely could see Phoenix going on a run where they're just monsters and they're cranking up and getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I think, again, for me, if you look at this stretch of games that the Kings are in right now, it gets really brutal. They had like an eight-game stretch here where most teams are playoff teams. Most teams are really, really good teams. And you're going to struggle to get wins. Like if you were to split and go four and four over like this eight game stretch that they're in the middle of, I think you would have done well. And I don't know that they they can do that. But you know, we start with Denver, and then uh, OKC that they already did, and then Phoenix and Denver, and then they they come out of the break. I think they have the Spurs. Then they have something like Denver again. Uh, Minnesota, and then one other high quality team, which I'm not remembering. It's not so much the like the tough um, stretches of games where you, you're playing, like you said, you just drew it out right there. We have um, a bunch of good teams coming up. It's not that that scares me. It's the because I know the Kings can compete. It's more so the Kings that scare you coming up. I feel like just more so like I know you can compete with these teams. I know you can get wins, but it's just are you going to? Yeah, are you going to? But no, I mean that's that's a question. But again, okay, so we get Phoenix, Denver, uh, the Spurs, the Clippers, the Heat, the Nuggets, Timberwolves. Then you go into another group of games where, okay, this is where you, if you're going to make a move, this is where you do it. It's it's in early March. It's a Bulls, Lakers, Spurs, Rockets, Bucks, Lakers, Knicks, Grizzlies, Raptors, Wizards, uh, Magic. Like that's a group of games, like a 10-game stretch where maybe even 12-game stretch where you could start to make some headway. And that's if you're the Kings, you have to survive these tough patches in order to get to the soft spots. But there's like not a lot of soft spots left. There's not, but like that, like it's, it's, it all it all just comes back down to the Kings. Like you're a good team, you can compete with anyone. It's just it's up to them. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So um, I'm not sure how it's gonna play out, Jesse. But they'll go four and four. I, I bet you they go five and four. I, I bet you they have it. Um, it's a good stretch of games. I bet you. It's okay. just because it's it's just what they do. Do you think they'll crack that that top? Do you think that they can finish five or six, or do you think they can get above that? I think they can do five and six um, the rest of the season, going down the rest of the season. The top four, that ship sailed when they didn't make a move at the trade deadline. Hmm. Okay. So you believe that continuity is not, like, like again, it's the question I asked Monty, which he kind of clapped back at, like, I used his own words, like, the maintain and improve. Like, I, I think that they... I thought they could maintain, but now I'm a little sketchy on whether they can maintain because I have a much 
I thought the vibe going into the second half last year was a lot better than the vibe going in this, for, this year. For this season, it kind of makes me a little nervous, but I think broader picture, nothing's changed for me. I think you could still be the team you want to come the offseason if you make that move. Like for this season, sure, you didn't make a move. Uh, I don't know if you're getting out the first round. You're kind of scaring us a bit. You look like you might be a play-in team. But I think broader picture, like we get to the offseason, I think you could still make that move where it's like you're not necessarily – you didn't take any really steps back, bigger picture. It's just you need that bigger move where you get that third player or whatever it is that takes you to the next tier. So I think I think they're fine, um, like as far as like, you know, going forward. But as far as this season, yeah, it is a little worrisome, I guess. Yeah, it's a little worrisome. Now, I'm going to ask the horrible question. Uh-oh. What's your confidence level that they avoid the play-in and – maybe even avoid getting bounced out and not making the playoffs. I'm going to go I'm going to go above average confidence. I'm going to go with 6. I I I think I think they can beat a Dallas in the I I think they'll avoid I don't know, James, this team I, I can't even <laughs> I can't even say. This team gives me no confidence. I don't know. Ask them. Like they they one day they look good, the next day they lose to the 6-1 Pistons. I don't know. I'm trying, but it's like I think I also think they can't. Like I can see it going the other way. You could see it just like complete. I'm complete. in the middle. I'm at a five. I'm in the middle. It's like mm, maybe I could see him going the other way where I'm at a four. Do you ah, know? Maybe you know, it's a six. Do you know how catastrophic missing the playoffs would be? It'd be horrible. Uh, not only for the confidence of the team, but the confidence of everything else. Like, like you could have knee jerk reactions from ownership. You that's could, a, that's a definitive step back right there. It's a definitive. I, I don't know, want them to get into oof. the play-in, but if you get into the play-in, you better get into the playoffs. Otherwise, we're going to talk. It's going to be ugly. Yes. Yeah. That is not okay. Not making, I'll say this. Not making the playoffs. Like You can finish at the end of the regular season 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever. Get in the playoffs because if you don't, then that's the issue. Okay, that's going to be like a, a huge issue. Yes. Well, which, like, it's, a, it's an issue for a bunch of different reasons. Number one, like your fan base is going to be like angry, especially with what the Kings did to their ticket prices. Like what what the Kings did with their ticket prices when they made the playoffs is like it's a high price ticket now. It's it's not it's not realistic. Like oh no no like it, and if you're going to ask that if you're going to want the though to give you want that to be the ticket price, then you got to do better than Javale McGee, McGee Chris Duarte. Uh, and Sasha Vazenkov as your off-season haul, and you got to do better than dumping, uh, you know, getting Robin Lopez and, and saving a million bucks as your second pick well, as, well, that's as, the, as your trade deadline. That's the thing, Monty. You didn't make any moves like at the trade deadline. That's fine. We get into the playoffs, cool. We don't get into the playoffs, like that's going to be a conversation that gets revisited. Where it's like, hey, maybe if Monty made a, made a move or whatever, like that would have helped. A year and a half, realistically, yeah. since he's made. Like he hasn't made a move really since he signed uh, Malik Monk and and traded for Kevin Herter and drafted Keegan Murray. That was the last big impact once probably. No, outside of that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like yeah. everything else is you already did. Like you can't say, well, we we retained Harrison Barnes or we we retained Trey Lyles. Is like okay, those were already here. Like what have you done? So I think it puts him in a really really bad spot. There's pressure. You added some pressure from that question because now, now we got to talk and there's some pressure. I don't think like anything like anything crazy is gonna happen, but more so like like make the playoffs this year. Yeah, make the playoffs, and then I'll I'll throw this in, Jesse. You know what happens if you don't make the playoffs? What's that? You have to use your 2024 draft pick, which means you don't have a war chest to deal with. 
Because as of right now, July 1st, they get all their picks back. So they have 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31. They've got seven years worth of draft picks, which they can trade every other one. So they've got four separate. They could trade four picks for in one deal. They got, they've got all kinds of things that they can do. But if not, now your 25, 26, and 27 picks are still tied up. And you can't trade technically a pick until 28. There's some stakes in the game here. Yeah, and even the 28, you can trade 28 and 30, but you can't trade, or you can t- trade 29 and 31, but it, it's a mess. You go from having a, a war chest to not having much, being in the yeah, same exact position you are right now, right? So, well, yeah. It's, 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 it's like... It's like, too, you didn't make the move, and, and it's like whether you make playoffs or not, it's like no matter what, the move does need to happen this this offseason, too, I think. Damien has brought it up on Dealer 1KC before. Like, the move does need to happen now this com- this coming offseason. I don't think we can wait any much any more longer. Yeah, that, I would agree with you. All right, we're going to step aside, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other things around the league. We've got uh, this Kyle Kuzma story, which is really interesting, where he he was honest uh, with the Wizards and said, I, I'm okay here. I don't want to go to the Dallas Mavericks. What does that mean about Kyle Kuzma? Uh, Tend- uh, Bontemps has his MVP ladder on ESPN. We'll dive into that. We're the insiders here on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. See you in a minute. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. 
Welcome back into hour number two of the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia, filling in for the great Kyle Madsen. Jesse, we got this this weird bit of information, but this is why I I love I love free agency and trade deadline postmortems. We always find out after the fact that more was going on than everyone. Yeah, thought. what really went down? What? Yeah, the the four one one, and I've said this a million times. My favorite postmortem writer in the NBA is is always Sam. It's Sam Amick from the Athletic. Uh, he's a friend, but. More than that, he gets the like the the two dudes were walking down the street having, you know, sipping on Starbucks and looked at each other and said, I don't think we should do this anymore and we should uh, you should probably trade me. Like he has all these like little weird insights. Yeah, the conversation yeah. Yeah, the conversations and how it went down. Um Josh Robbins from the Af- Athletic, who covers the Washington uh Wizards and who's a long time covering the Orlando Magic for the Orlando Sentinel and used to be the president of the Pro Basketball Writers Association. Josh is a good dude. Um, He came out with a story and uh, he breaks down the Kyle Kuzma thing. Kyle Kuzma, according to Kyle Kuzma, who basically told this story, um, they came to him and said, hey, we've got a deal with Dallas. Would you like to go to Dallas or would you like to stick around? But... This is kind of what we're thinking. These are the parameters. Again, Dallas and Washington go on to consummate a deal for Daniel Gafford after this conversation. So I'm going to guess that that Grant Williams, uh, before they go get P.J. Washington, Grant Williams is involved and and probably Seth Curry and probably a second first-round yeah, draft Yeah, probably pick. so. So you're probably looking at two first-round draft picks plus Grant Williams plus uh, you know, whatever. So this is the package that's probably going to Washington, probably for Daniel Gafford and Kyle Kuzma. Well, Kyle Kuzma tells the the Wizards, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I would rather see it through here. And, you know, I, I think we're building something and, and I want to stick around. Your Je- thoughts, James? Jesse, what does that tell you about Kyle Kuzma? He, what it tells me, because the fact that he says he wants to build something there and he wants to see it through and all that, I think, I think it means he's not self-aware um, when it comes to himself as a player. I don't think it means like oh he's just he's not um, he doesn't want to win or anything like that. I think Kyle Kuzma in his brain thinks I can take a team to the playoffs. I can lead a team. Just get some guys around me or whatever. I just need some solid players and we can do this. We can do this. I can lead us to the promised land. When in reality, someone needs to sit next to Kyle and tell him, hey, brother, you're not that guy. You're probably third. Your third option, um, and that's not a bad thing on an NBA team or whatever, and like that's probably your role. But I think it's a matter of Kyle Kuzma just not being aware of who he is as a player, I think. Okay, so like I, I know like Damien gets on me for this because you know Kyle Kuzma is a fashionista, right? Like he, he shows up wearing some of the most ridiculous things that anyone's ever put on their you know, he literally thinks he's on a runway and he's going to a game for the Washington Wizards, who are nine and forty-four, mind you. This isn't like he's going to. Yeah, they're not. They're not fighting for a playing spot or anything. They're not that. Yeah, this is not uh, Fashion Week in New York City. It's not uh, Fashion Week in Paris. He's literally going to play for a team that has a win percentage of point one seven zero, a one seventy win percentage. So. Like he, again, he Damien doesn't like when I bring up the fact that 
You know, like let the guy worry what he, what he wears, right? That's fine. And I agree. Like, I don't care what he wears. Like, I, I mess with, uh, like, Kevin Herter in, in the locker room because Kevin Herter wears, like, he has a, a pink bubblegum, uh, like, sweater. Yeah. Like, it's super pink. And Can't I, miss him. It, well, and I told Kevin, I'm like, bro, like, ginger to ginger. Like, we can't wear that. Like, and he laughs. He's helping a guy out, yeah. I'm like, look, man, like, our complexion, that doesn't work. It makes you look, like, all pink and weird. Like, it, it, it makes you look blotchy. And, like, that's what that color looks like on us. So, I almost feel like, like, Kyle Kuzma shows up wearing the, the sweater that's, like, a foot and a half too long. Well, it's more than that, right? It was more, like, three feet longer than his arms. You know, like, his sweater dragged down to the ground. That's him as a player. Like, there is no there is no one there telling him that, like, the emperor has no clothes. Like, that's, it, it, it just, it's, he's so into, like, that, that he, he, no one, he's not able to see that he plays for one of the worst teams in basketball, and he's part of the reason that they're bad, and you have options to go other places and be better. And I'm not saying you have to go somewhere else and don't dress that way. What I'm saying is that, like, what you said, his idea of who he is and who he is actually is, is very different. Very, very, very different. That, that's fair, because I, I don't want to say Kyle Kuzma is not, like, I don't want to say Kyle Kuzma is not, like, about winning. I just think he's very distorted in his thinking. Because, like, he, he was with that Lakers team beginning or whatever, and he was putting up points, but he did have to take a backseat when Bron and those, um, AD got there, of course, who wouldn't. But, like, he did take a backseat, and he did play his role I don't think there was ever an issue there while he was doing that, like from Kyle Kuzma. He did play his role on that team and did well, so I do give him credit for that. But like you said, it's just a matter of the, he's just not self-aware. There's you're not, no you're not that You're not that guy. There's no self-awareness at all in any anything regarding Kyle Kuzma. And I think that's my point. Again, it's not to make in front of how he dresses. No, yeah, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm much more concerned the fact that he chooses to stay with a 9-1 team than anything else. Like, you got an opportunity to go play with Luka and, and Kyrie Irving— and and you yeah, say, that's tough to pass up. And you say no? Yeah, yeah. Like no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I would much, much rather see who we get in the lottery this year. Maybe the Wizards GM is telling like, bro, like, I'm sorry, Kyle, but if we get those players, like, you're not the one who's gonna lead this team. Maybe like you gotta have the tough the tough conversation with them. But I, also, I, that contract is tradable, so you just try it again next year. I guess, or maybe you don't, or, or because if he's just content to be there and just score 20 on a it's not like that's going to matter at the end of the day. I mean cuz Kyle, Kyle Kuzma has to know like there's no period of time or whatever where like the Wizards are going to the playoffs with Kyle Kuzma like leading the way. Like within the next 3 years, we'll call it that. Maybe he does get lucky and they draft whoever and they just hit on all these picks, but that's not going to happen for another 4 years probably. You know how old he is in 4 years? I'm assume 30, 31, 32. Above 30, 32. Yeah, he, he's 28 right now. So, yeah, he's just going to waste his prime. Like, and that's another thing. Like, you're a 28-year-old dude. You're just going to blow blow out your prime and, and, and just, like, playing for a bad like, Okay. You wonder how much of him getting a ring early on in his career had an effect on, like, his moves, the I, rest of it. I guess, yeah. I, I mean, again, once again, I, I think that that puts Kyle Kuzma in that I would never trade for him. Let's get to this really quick. Uh, Tim Bontemps for ESPN. He runs a uh, a ladder for for MVP and I, I like the way he does this because I'll, I'll be honest people out there I uh Tim I've known Tim for a long time like I'm part of his straw poll right so what he does is he reaches out and says hey 
uh, I'm doing a straw poll again. Uh, hit me with your five, right? And so everybody sends in their five. And as of right now, um, Sabonis is nowhere near the top five, um, which, you know, again, we can look at MVP uh, ladder for ESPN. He's like number seven. But as of right now, um, he has not Tim, but which is why I like this, because it's not one guy's opinion. It's a bunch of people aggregated. So Jokic, SGA, Giannis, Luka, Kawhi, Tatum, Brunson, Mitchell, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Durant, and then tied for 11 is Sabonis and Halliburton, which I think is... is tied ca- together forever. 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 And, and so here's how it works. He only asks for five. He doesn't want any more than five. You can't send him more than five because I've tried. He goes, nope, you got to send me... Like, I'm not taking your slash... Uh, your We're not Fox, doing no 5A, 5B here. Yeah, your, like your Fox slash, uh, slash SGA at number five. Yeah, none uh, of that tomfoolery. Yeah, so this is just as many people as he can get in the industry, and then he just he aggregates the the number and puts it together. And for me, I, I sent him um, Jokic, SGA, Kawhi, Tatum, um, Mitchell. That's the group that I sent him, which isn't that far off of his of his top five. Um, but I, I think it's a good way to do things. Um, and, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's fair. So I think it gives you um, a, like a good idea of where it's leaning towards, too, for um, how it's actually going to end up. Yeah, and I, I just think, like, if you understand the process that goes into it, like, you shouldn't be angry with Tim Bontemps. You should be angry with all of the writers in, base, in, in basketball because that's how this is done. And the fact that I can't put in who my sixth or seventh guy is because I would probably have Sabonis at number seven. Giannis and then uh, at number six and then uh, Sabonis at number seven. But he doesn't ask for that. He just wants your top five. And then he he builds his thing through that. So I think it's a fair way to do it. And I, I also think it's good food for thought for right now. So we're going to step aside. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more Sacramento Kings. We're going to dive uh, into what's next after the break. So thanks for tuning into the Insiders here on ESPN 1320. I'm James Ham. He's Jesse Tapia. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We'll see you in just a minute. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, back to the Insiders. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the Insiders. I'm James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia. We're taking a look at this uh, this Sacramento Kings Phoenix Suns game that's going to go on tonight at uh, 7 p.m. on TNT. It's a big time game for the Sacramento Kings. Only two games left before the NBA takes a break for the All Star game, which uh, the Kings play again. They play tonight against the Phoenix Suns and to back tomorrow in Denver against the Nuggets. So it should be kind of a crazy couple of days for the Kings, um, but. This is the league, and uh, we got news this morning that the Kings injury report is is not good. 
Uh, we've got Chris Duarte, who is questionable with a right ankle sprain. Duarte has been out for a while with a right ankle sprain. Um, it's been, what, a week. He came in the locker room on crutches one game. I- I've heard that he's looked much better. He's been He's got a little spring in his step, Jesse, and that he was seen, like, jogging and that he's moving around pretty good. Uh, and that was, like, even last uh, late last week. So... There's good signs there, but the Sasha Vizenkov news is not good at all. We have uh, now learned through the Kings that Sasha has a grade three right ankle sprain, which they're going to reevaluate in four to six weeks. But a grade three right ankle sprain is usually a very long term injury, a like eight to 12 week injury at a minimum. You, you said this is as bad as it gets pretty much, right? Because you get the tear too, I think. Yeah, it's a tear. Uh, so a grade two is, well, a grade one is that you basically you stretch the tendon, the, the the ligament in the ankle. A grade two is that you had a slight tear in the the ligament, and a grade three is that you rip the ligament, and now it has to re tear reattach itself, and then grow back together and heal up and basically scar tissue and everything else. Does not sound nice. No, no, it's not. So you don't need surgery. And this isn't like the high ankle sprain is different than a low ankle sprain, which is what it appears that he has. But we had this with De'Aaron Fox a couple of years ago early in the season. I think it was right before game 10 and like the 2018 season, now 2019 or 20 season. There we go. Um, And he was back in like miraculous time. Like that's where we get this Fox is a quick healer because it took him seven weeks to get back and he missed 20 games. That's what we're talking about with Sasha. Like, Sasha's season could be over. I'm not saying that it is, but the fact that we're in mid-February. Oh, yeah, even if he does come back, like, you're gonna, we're going to be near the end of the season already. When he gets back, you're just going to throw him back into the rotation? No. Exactly, exactly. So this is uh, this is a bad injury for Sasha. And he, he injured himself at practice on Saturday. So this is one of those things that happens. Um, you know, you never know when something like this will happen where you roll an ankle, uh, again, with Fox. That day when he had a grade three, we walked in to the practice facility for practice, and the Kings had a game the next day, and Fox was literally just standing up and, like, like walking on it and kind of hopping to the back room. He had just rolled it, like, right at the end of practice, doing not even anything major, and it didn't look that bad, but it turned out to be pretty catastrophic. So, um, not, sprain's not fun. Yeah, not not a good thing at all. So I, I would assume he's going to be in a boot for a while, and we'll see how long it takes him to get back. Uh, so we have uh, Duarte's out. Uh, we also have three players that are away from the team, Jordan Ford, Mason Jones, and Jalen Slauson that are all on two-way contracts. Uh, Mason Jones, of course, is the added body that, um, that, that replaced Keon Ellis as a two-way when the Kings decided to bump uh, Keon Ellis onto the main roster. Jalen Slauson's played really well as of late in uh, Stockton. He had that crazy dunk the other day that everyone was going nuts about. Um, but I, I don't know. He's still going to be a little, wit, uh, a little bit of ways away. Um, as for the, the Phoenix Suns, they do actually have a couple of small injuries, but nothing uh, major. Bradley Bill is available with a nasal fracture, and Damian Lee is out with uh, right meniscus surgery. So... Um, that is your injury report for the Phoenix Suns-Sacramento Kings game this evening. Let's get into some keys to the game, huh? Let's do it. First one for you, James. Go. Adjust when the, the Suns go small. 
I think this was the biggest thing that the Kings struggled with last time. The Kings built a big lead against the Phoenix Suns, and what they're up 22 in the fourth quarter, and then Phoenix went small with Kevin Durant playing the center position, and the Kings didn't adjust. Uh, Sabonis kept dropping into the post, waiting for someone to come for him to defend, and they never did. And they just kept launching from three, and he wasn't getting out to the three-point line, and the Kings had no shot. That game is forever going to irk me. That's going to be probably the most frustrating game I've seen from the Kings all year. So, yeah, adjust, please, to the small ball because you couldn't do it for the last seven minutes of the last game. So I hope you're able to now. Yeah, and, and just so you know, Jesse, that would have made them a game, a half game ahead of Phoenix right now and with a season series victory already at 3-0. and Yeah, these games matter. Who knew? Who hey, knew? let's get to your uh, your first key. All right, my first key. Your stars have to play like stars in these games, okay? You're going up against a top-heavy team where it's going to be KD, it's going to be Booker, and it's going to be Bill. I need Sabonis. I need Fox, who hasn't really been doing it lately. I need Fox to step up. Malik, get in here, too. I need my stars to play like stars, all right? I'm not expecting Trey Louse to come off the bench and give me 15, and boom, oh, that's what got us the win or whatever. I need Fox. I need Fox, Sabonis, Monk, and throw in Keegan or whoever else wants to be that third guy if it's not Monk. I need my stars to be stars today. That's a really good point, man, and when the Kings— when Fox, Sabonis, and one other guy play extremely well, they're tough to beat. And then if you get that 15 with Trey Lyles off the bench, you're even that more difficult to beat. So, yeah, I think that this is a, a team that the Kings kind of have had their number that they match up well with for some reason. And the only time you didn't is when they went small, and I expect them to go small, and, and hopefully the Stars can star for the Kings and not for the Suns. Well, so your third key or your second key right here? My second key. Uh, with, uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, which team shows up? Uh, the team that beat the Nuggets or the team that lost to the Pistons and Thunder? Because those are two totally different teams. Like, if you don't have energy and effort coming from your starting group, you're going to lose, and this is going to be an ugly entry into the All-Star break. And so which team shows up is a big deal for me, and we shouldn't be asking this question 53 games into the season. You know what? I'll just play off of that key. My second key right here, we got start the game strong. Start the game off strong and set the flow for the rest of it. Don't come in here where you're playing sluggish or whatever and we got to come back because you gave up 40 points in the first quarter. You need to start the game off well and you need to dictate how it goes down. We need to see what... I think another thing too is like you said, we'll see which king team we get with based off of how they start. So they start off fine. I think I think it'll be I think it'll be a good one. There we go. And and I think you know the one thing about this team is they they're going to let you they're going to let you back in. They're not a spectacular defensive team. They're going to let you back in. And as long as you're playing hard, like what you're saying, like off the jump, you got a really big shot. The problem that you have with starting strong is they already beat you when you were up twenty two in the fourth. So. Not only you got to start strong, but you got to make sure you got to end it. You you got to have, and that's something that I don't think the Kings have had this season. Uh, let's get to my third key: defend the three. The Suns don't shoot a lot of three balls, but they hit thirty-seven point nine, which ranks fifth in the NBA. The Kings are the worst defensive three point, uh, the worst defense against three pointers in the history of the world. I don't know if it's the history of the world, but it feels like it. Uh, this season, Jesse, I, I can't even imagine giving up uh, 39.8% from three on the season. They're 30th in the NBA. They're last now. They were 29th. Now they're not anymore. Teams are shooting. Teams are elite shooting the three against the Kings. A and that means everybody. Yes. Everybody. Everybody. Like you had teams like Charlotte come in. Oh, they don't really shoot the three. Or they're the worst three-point shooting team in the league. Them, Orlando. 
Yeah, they set their career uh, their career franchise marks against you. These teams are going into it. Fellas, it's not our game, but hey, why not? It's the Kings. Take them if you can. Make it rain! What do you got for your third key, Jesse? My third key, I'm going to play off of that one defense a little bit. Keegan Murray, I want to see, I need to see him um, step up in these defensive matchups, whether it's against KD, Booker, Bill. It's going to be a close game, I think, and it's going to come down to some late-minute um, late matchups. I need Keegan to get some stops um, when it comes down to it. That's a great key. Keegan Murray is right now one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. He's he's grown in that area so incredibly much, and he's going to have a tough call no matter who it is he's defending. But he's got to he's got to figure it out. He's got to guard somebody. All right, there uh, there is your keys to the game. We're the insiders. We'll be back in a few minutes. Now. Back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the final segment of the Insiders. We, of course, will give way to D-Lo and Casey at noon. Make sure to tune in for that. We'll also have the handoff here in just a little while. So I'm going to guess Damian Barling might join us here in a few minutes. Um, I'm James Ham course and jesse tappy is joining me kyle madsen is out today uh he is under the weather i gotta bring up something real quick james i saw in the chat allison brings it up vegas yeah. is about to have like a bunch of sports teams or whatever they're gonna get the baseball team probably probably gonna get a basketball team and sack just has the kings like we need more here sack sack is a city that can support more no i totally agree it's just not a destination city yeah which is where i think vegas gets you know, like that makes sense. I get Vegas getting their teams. I'm not saying Vegas shouldn't get their teams and stuff, but like throw throw us something over here too. Yeah, and and I also again I think the NBA works in Vegas, Jesse. I don't like, you know, again my concern with Vegas has always been number one the gambling aspect. Number two, you know, we always talk about <clears throat> the South Beach flu, right? Oh yeah. Like, well, what are you going to call the Vegas like the high desert flu? Like, I don't know, because you're going to have that in Vegas as well. Maybe the high roller headache? I guess. The high roller headache. There you go. Oh, I'm trademarking that. Oh, you are trademarking that. Yes. Um, the, that's uh, the problem that I have. And, you know, people say, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Look, the Raiders. No, it is a big deal. Look what happened to the Raiders, like, realistically. You can say what you want, that, like, everything went great and, you know, they're thriving in Las Vegas. The reason why you always have to have to concern about Vegas is because of the Henry Rugg situation. That's why Vegas is tough place to put professionals, a professional sports team, especially guys that live there now. Yeah, and it's always going to be tough. It, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to make sure that that guys are doing the right things and aren't getting in trouble. And you know, again, I, I think NBA is a little different because you roll in. You might have a night there the night before. You might have a game and then be able to go out after. But it's all within the confines of the team atmosphere and you're getting on a team plane and going somewhere else, right? Where the NFL, you might spend like three days in the buildup to a game in a city. And that's where I think you can get into some trouble. Yeah. Um, and, and the end, like, I, I have a strong take that, that you know, of course, the uh, in my opinion, the Major League Baseball won't work. In Vegas, not it, not the way they want it to work. You it's know, also forced and rushed. It's not like it's just it's it's all just a joke. No, it is. It's it's bad, right? And they're going to build a twenty seven uh twenty seven hundred uh a twenty seven thousand seat venue for it. Well, 
first of all, you're not getting anything else, right? So, like, I, I don't know. Have you ever seen a concert at the Oakland Coliseum? I've not. Okay, but they have them all the time, right? And especially in the Bay Area, they've always, they've, like, I saw Pink Floyd at the Oakland Coliseum years ago, right? And there have been tons and tons of things. Well, you're not getting that in Vegas because they, Disney on Ice isn't coming to your, your it's not arena. coming to the A stadium in Vegas. Yeah, it, like you're not getting an open air. There, there's there's all of these venues that already do that in Vegas. Like they just built the sphere that that you know concerts will go to. They have all of these venues already in place. You're not getting that there. So I don't know why how you think you're going to make your money. But also 182 games. It's very different. I mean 162 games. I'm sorry, and 81 home games. It's much different than an NBA season. So while an NBA season's 82 games, you don't have series against teams. So that's where like I don't see fans coming in or like like being in Vegas and going, "Oh, let's go catch a three-game set against, you know, even if it's the Yankees." I don't think you're going to have a lot of people doing it. But if it's the Reds, if it's, you know, the Marlins, like who cares? Yeah, no one's coming to that. No one's coming to that. And so how are you going to like support that business? Because Vegas has so many other things to do. No one wants to go give two and a half, three hours of their day while they're in Vegas having a great time to go to a baseball game. It's just not the Vegas world. I don't know. So. I guess they got all the answers though. I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there is no local broadcast for the Sacramento Kings game tonight. It is on TNT, uh, so it is a nationally televised game. It's big time. I, I love national TV when the Kings are on just because it's like it didn't happen before that much or whatever. Now it's just kind of like, all right, let's put the spotlight on these guys. I, I love that too. I just hope that they live up to it, you know, because that's kind of like going into your keys. Like don't start off slow. Yeah, don't, 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 yeah, don't start off slow. Don't be that team. Don't be the team that gets on, on national telev- te- television and then kind of proves everybody else's point that, that doesn't want you on a daily basis. Um, yeah, uh, we've got the Kings are They're heading into the all-star break. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but they're seven and eight over the last 15. Um, I would be okay if they go eight, and nine into the, into the break. Um, I think going seven and 10 into the break would be pretty disastrous, uh, if they drop these next two games, but last season they were six and seven in their final 13 heading into the break. And then they go on to finish 16 and nine in their final 25. This year, they're going to have a few more games afterwards. But where are you at kind of with this? What is your biggest concern heading into the break? And how do you feel like they can address that concern during the week off? My biggest concern is that they come out of the break. Going into the break, my biggest concern is that they come out of the break looking like how they do now. They're the same team. Mm. I don't think there's anything Mike Brown can do to fix this team. Monique McNair had his time or whatever, and we'll wait for the offseason for that. It's up to these players now at this point. What needs to happen over the break is Fox needs to rest, I guess. if Fox needs to do whatever Fox needs to get out of this little funk that he's been in, whether it be rest, spending family time, going to Disneyland. I don't know. Do what you need to do to snap out of it. Like Guys like Kevin Herter, like there's been so much um, uncertainty with you going into the season, like Kevin Herter. Like going into the season, he, when we weren't even sure if he was going to start, then Duarte gets hurt. Heard your name in trade rumors and all that. Now that's all done and over with. Now it's kind of like a refresh. It's up to these players during that All-Star break to get themselves going for the second part of the season, I think. My biggest concern is that they don't. I would agree. That would be probably like the mental aspect of this. I I just think that 
for whatever reason, and 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 I'm not going to make an excuse here. I mean, you're a professional basketball player. Like this is your job. Like you need to figure it out. But you know, you're you're saying you know with De'Aaron Fox, you know he's he's having a little bit of a downturn. It's not a little bit of a downturn. It's over. Well, you said it's twenty games worth, right? Yeah. So since January, the for, you know since we turned the new, the calendar year. He's averaging 22.1 points per game, 4.6 assists, but he's shooting 33% from three. He's shooting 43.9% from the field. Yeah, that's tough right there. That's the one that's kind of tough. Yeah, because he's a guy who usually shoots around 48%. Like, he's, he's a much better shooter than that. Um, not even just a three-point shot, but, you know, last season he shot 51.2% from the field. Like, right now he's at 46.5. That's a huge dip. Like dropping five percentage points on your field goal percentage is substantial, especially when you raise your three point percentage by five percent. So that to me, it's it's really odd that we're kind of seeing it, this change. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny because like not funny, but it's just kind of odd how the, the drop off has been so extreme to how he was playing early on and stuff to now like where he's at now. Yeah, it's completely opposite. Yeah, it's it's very it's very strange. So I'm hoping that that Fox gets right. During the All Star break, I, I hope that he has, you know, like whatever he needs, whatever he needs to like get away from the game for a bit, take a deep breath, and sort of reset himself. I think it's a big deal because I don't think that this team makes a push in the second half if he doesn't. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like right now, the team is not, it's not, I'm not saying like the team, like Rostrum, they're bad or good or whatever, but like the way they're playing, it's just not good right now. It's not good enough. There needs to be. I don't want to say a step taken, but like they need to snap out of this. Yeah. Otherwise, the rest of the season is just not going to be good. Yeah, because at that point, it doesn't really matter like what the teams around you do. It doesn't matter what Phoenix does. It doesn't matter what Dallas does. It doesn't matter what the Pelicans do. If you don't find yourself, you're not going to be there. You're not. I mean, like I don't think you're going to fall out of the plan completely. Like to for this team to plummet and be the 11th seed, I don't think that's going to happen. But the plan itself is, is extremely difficult. Yeah, fact of the matter is, I don't want any parts of a playing game with the Warriors or LeBron James. A one-off game where it's like, we have to win this one game. Yeah, with the officials. You know. Yeah, because yeah, we don't, you, you, you don't want any part of that at all. You know, I, I'm gonna, this is like totally off, off. Let's get into it, James. It's bizarre. Did you notice the extra officials in the, in the game, uh, in the Super Bowl? No, I didn't. You didn't notice that there was like... Officials running out with like kind of pads that were breaking up little skirmishes. Oh, I did notice one of them. Um, it was with um the Jerry Sneed, I think, when him and IU got into it and he slaps Ayuk and this guy runs on the field like they're about to get it. it was like, what are you doing? I noticed yeah, I noticed one of them. Okay, so there were like two or three of these guys. Yeah, I was like, what what's going on? These guys are running on the field trying to break it up. There's also an official with each coach, like running up and down with each coach, like like sitting there. Anytime they called a timeout, there's an official right there. Like, there were a lot of extra officials on the field. Yeah, because I'm pointing to the Ayuk one where um, the Chiefs player hits him in the helmet or whatever, and the guy runs out. He's like, relax, pal. It's fine. It's just, like, let the ref throw the flag or whatever. I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize, like, I saw that. Like, well, I noticed it, but I didn't realize what it was until you brought it up right now. Yeah. Maybe the NBA needs more officials, huh? That's what I'm thinking. Maybe there does need to be more officials. Do something, because we hear every week, whether it's from the Timberwolves or who... Oh, well, Whoever like the, the refs stunk today, and we hear my favorite part now of the complaint about the refs. Give me the fine. I don't care. They stunk. Yeah, like they're just so fed up with it at this point. Well, and you saw what happened with the was it the Knicks game last night? 
I didn't see exactly what it was, but I saw the refs miss another call or whatever. I saw Tom Thibodeau was walking off the court. His team was just like, yeah, we got screwed again. Yeah, so they called a last-second foul, I believe, and then they went back and reviewed it and said that the contact came after the ball was released, and so it didn't have any part of the actual play, which I, I don't think I agree with. You foul somebody, you foul somebody. So like, Seems it, simple it, enough, huh? It always feels like... They make up some rules at certain points. I, I feel like that probably does. Uh, I don't want to say they make it up, but I, uh, I don't know. I think there's something to that theory. We had a very strict rule that you're not allowed to grab the rim if you're a defensive player or it's offensive goaltend. And then this year, Draymond Green grabs a rim, and they don't call it a goaltend. They call it, uh, they said it didn't have anything to do with the ball going through the rim. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, okay, that's not what you used to tell us back then. That's that's not the way the rule's ever been called. So so anyway, I don't know what's going on, but there were new officials on the field for the Super Bowl that I had never seen before. Anytime that there was a little bit of a player skirmish, a dude with, like, a pad would run in and, like, get in the middle and, like, hey, nope, nope. nope. That's hilarious that they're padding him up, too. Dude's running in shoulder pads or whatever. Hey, guys, get out of the way or whatever. This little guy or whatever. He's got shoulder pads. Like, that's going to do anything. No, no, it wasn't shoulder pads. It oh. was like he had, like, a pad with him. Oh, a pad. Like a, like a, like a, like a squishy, like, pillow. I got you. So, like. That's like, even funnier. The whole thing was weird. I was yeah. like, who are these dudes? We've never seen these guys before. But why haven't you done that before? Why, you know, like, what is there a budget, like an official's budget that we, we can't, uh, we can't afford to have those? Come on, man, you're the NFL. Mark Davis paid for extra officials, but not a cart. Okay. <laughs> this goes back to the cart. It does. It always comes back to the cart, James. I bet you at the end of the day, all of those extra officials got in that little cart and drove off. I don't even know if they're real. Maybe they weren't even real officials. Maybe they're just fans that that wore official outfits. And ran out there and like, hey, oh, we got knows? this. It's, it's we're going to break up this fight. Maybe we get those extra officials though, like for, the, for that playing game. We're talking about the Lakers and the Warriors <laughs> and Kings. They just went around Vegas and found all the best bouncers. Yeah. They had like a best bouncer competition. Like, hey, there's a fight. I need you to break it up now. Like, okay, you see a fight about to start, I need you to step in. You're a bouncer. You know what we're talking about. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so we figured out our, our both of our biggest concern is that Coming out of the break, like just straight up, De'Aaron Fox needs to look to, like De'Aaron Fox, right? Exactly. And if that happens, I think the Kings will be just fine. Like I don't want to put it on one player, but when you are a team's best player and you're the their biggest, most dynamic scorer and everything else, and then you have like a, a downturn in your season, that's a problem. Well, you get more breathing room too when your star's playing well because that takes a lot of the pressure off the other guys. Because when your star's not playing well, okay, I need a little something more from Trey Lat. Like I need the other guys to pick up the slack. Like yeah. when, if Fox is playing well, it's like okay, then like we're we're good, we're good, we'll be fine or whatever. If we don't get whatever from Lyles or whoever, we'll be okay because Fox is carrying us right now. Where yeah. the other ways, you have no breathing room at all. Well, and I would also point out too that um, early in the season we had a couple injuries with this team, right? Uh, Trey Lyles missed, I think, the first 13 games of the season. Yeah, Kevin Herter felt like he was in and out. Yeah, no, has Kevin Herter missed games? De'Aaron Fox did miss, I, I think he's missed six games in the first half. But uh, five of them came on that one stretch early in the year. Uh, we had we had Alex Len miss a big grouping of games. Um, but as of right now, what the Kings have played 52 games, right? And of their starters, we got Sabonis at 52. We got Fox at 46. We've got uh, Keegan Murray at 48. We've got Harrison Barnes at 52. Malik Monk at 51. Kevin Herter at 50. 
So again, your top six players have missed a combined two, three, seven, 13 games. That's it. And then when we go to the next level of players, sure, uh, some of these players have missed games because of injury, which is Trey Lyles missed it, is at 38 games. Davion Mitchell's been in and out of the rotation at 42 games. Duarte's in and out of the rotation, and now he's injured at 36. Sasha, 35 games. So my point is, though, there is no real injury excuse for why your second half, your first half is the way it is. Mm. Like last year, you were super healthy, and you know that's what everyone said. Oh, well, the Kings are really, really healthy. And I kept saying, yeah, they're really healthy because they have players that are typically healthy. Now you walk into this season, and the one guy who was like unhealthy throughout his career that you brought in, Chris Duarte, sure, he's missed some games, but not a lot uh, due to injury. He's missed other games because he's just not in the rotation. But it, it feels like the Kings are kind of running out of, like, outs. Yeah, there's no, there's no oh, injuries plagued us early on the season. We're still trying to recover. Like, everything, like, as far as that, they, you can play through that as an NBA team. That's just something everyone else goes to with guys missing games here and there. So, yeah, something you can put to um, um, point to that for the, um, the bad, bad first half of the season, first yeah. part. Uh, Damien, are you going to join us? Sure. Looks like Damien Barling. Damian. Be happy to join you. Damien Barling, everybody. What's up, man? Damien Barling. Yeah, we uh, we were just discussing, um, first of all, we had our discussion yesterday about the miniature cart that they brought out to go get Dre Greenlaw. Did you at the Super Bowl? I saw the cart. I don't think I recognized it was a miniature one. It was they just put like, him in a tiny car and put him in the front seat, too. They, oh, jeez. Yeah, it was like a super small cart. And we were like, why didn't they, the Raiders should have had like the giant helmet cart. With their own. Oh, that would have been tremendous. Wouldn't it? Like, that would have oh, been tremendous. Like they, they roll out with this big giant cart, but no, they miss a boat. And then the other thing we... Then you I, could have said, oh, you're in the Super Bowl. That would have been good. Exactly. Been they good. made it. They, they made, made it. it. They we did made it. it, Mom. We made it. They did it. Okay, so the other thing I was bringing up with Jesse, did you notice in the Super Bowl that they had extra officials? I didn't notice that either. You, did, you, you didn't notice running out to break up fights? So I did know that I thought that was I didn't know what that See? was. <laughs> I just thought like I I saw I I thought that was like a team official. No, I, I, that, that, I didn't I didn't realize that was an actual NFL there, official. There was one on each side. Okay, and then there was also the one that I definitely noticed those guys. I don't think I computed. They exactly had like a what small pad with them. Each team had their own big dom, basically. Yeah, oh, they they no. yeah exactly. Oh, so everybody needs a big dom, I guess. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know where I go from there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> hey, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Good so stuff. I was thinking that after the game, all of those extra officials climbed in that little cart and drove away. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I just like the whole time I'm like, that is the smallest cart I've ever seen someone like go, yeah, go I don't save think a player. I, I saw the cart come out and then they went to commercial and I just didn't think anything of the cart. But then they come back and they're trying to Austin Power it down the hallway. And you're like, what are they doing? Like, the, the, he's going to get stuck. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, is there something in the second half of the season that you need to see from the Kings? If there is <laughs> one thing you want to see get right. Consistency. Well, okay. I want, I want to see them be consistent. Like, this is – I think they're a good basketball team, but inconsistency makes you a bad basketball team, right? Or it makes you – a five an average team. bat, yeah, it yeah. makes you an average basketball team, and I and and I think like I've 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 held off, you know, any like over the top feelings about this team, long term prop 
exclamations about this team long-term, meaning the rest of the season. Because this was the time last year where everyone said, hey, everyone's going to be so much better. You've got to be, you, you're, you guys aren't going to be able to keep up. And I think they were 16 and six before the final week of the season. So mm-hmm. you're, you're probably going to have to show us something like that again, because, you know, 16 and six solidified and locked in your spot at the, at the three seed. You need a record like that probably to be competitive with the way Dallas is playing right now, with the way that Phoenix is playing with the way that uh, the Golden State Warriors are playing, you're you're going to have to play better than your win percentage is right now. The rest of the the rest of the season. No, I I agree completely, and and I also look at this game tonight, the game tomorrow night. These are really big games because even if you go, let's say you go six, if you drop these two games, you go sixteen and six. Mm-hmm. You finish with like forty six wins. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even push for fifty. And I thought that this team would easily push for 50 this year, but the inconsistency has killed them all season long. And the only way you're possibly going to get to 50 is if you pick up one win here. But if 46 wins gets you to the sixth spot, I don't care. No, I, I get that. I get that. And, and I understand your point. Like, like it's 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 less, and you're you're going to have to fight through to the end of the season to get to that number, right? You can't. You, you're not going to be able to take the last three games of the season off like you did last year. But if 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 they get to forty six wins and that gets them the six spot, that's all that matters, uh, because sixteen and six that means you've beaten Dallas along the way, that means you've beaten Phoenix along all of these teams that are really really hot right now. You've beaten them along the way and improved your positioning. James asked me this earlier, and like my brain blew up. What's your confidence level that they do like turn up though, or not even turn up, just become consistent or better, whatever it is, like that we see something different from this team. I, I don't have one. Like none, like I I don't like because I mean what do I have to base? I have last year to base that on. I don't have what we've seen this year. What we've seen this year is Denver, and then Oklahoma City, and you throw in a Detroit. Like that's what we've seen. Yeah. And so it's 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 the ups and the downs, and with a handful of teams playing really really good basketball, the the fact that the you know the Kings are what eight. Eight games above five hundred, seven games, eight games above five hundred. I think they're eight right now. Okay, right? so so eight games above five hundred, like that. The, the the fact that these other teams are playing at such a, a strong clip right now, that's not gonna that that that's gonna be a tough pres- position for the Kings. That'll be a really nice, solid seventh or eighth spot, depending on how hot the Warriors wind up being. Because the team that I don't think is getting hot is the Lakers. Mm. The Lakers are just kind of there. The Pelicans, I can't make heads or tails of. They're the greatest team that's ever existed when they play Sacramento, and then they're just fine when they play the rest of the league. The Lakers will be that team you don't want to see in the play-in for that last spot. I don't want to Probably, play LeBron James in a one-off yeah, game. I'd, I'd rather play the Lakers than the Warriors. Maybe. I ain't that's dealing fair. with that headache again. Well, yeah, because you know anytime it's Warriors and Kings, it's going down to the wire no matter who's playing. Yeah, I don't want to see Steph. Yeah, I, absolutely I th- not. I think it really does speak volumes that you know. Again, they're they're right. They're stuck with these four teams, and the Pelicans mm-hmm. are zero and four. the The Suns are two and one against, and Dallas they're two and zero against. Mm-hmm. It's just like you have no idea which team is going to show up, mm-hmm. and, and what matchup is going to be something you can't get past. And until they figure that out, you know, I don't know that we're we're going to see this team really take strides to move forward. I, I I agree. It feels like yeah, this team is on hold till the off season. It does yeah, now. Yeah. I didn't feel that before, but yeah. 
I hope that's not the case. Because me and my, I hope, I hope. I, yeah, I feel like I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to learn from this team the second part of this season. I feel like it's just kind of we know what we know already. I hope that my original thought on them earlier this year was right, and they were they thought they were entitled. Mm. And now, being in the seventh spot, staring at the eighth spot with a bad night tonight or a bad night tomorrow, hey, you know, we actually aren't entitled to the sixth spot or a top six spot. We need to figure out a way to get more consistent. We need to figure out a way to to fight through games when we're not shooting well. We need to figure out a way to get points on the board if the three's not falling at an amazing clip. Those are things that I think they need to figure out over the course of the final stretch of the season. I agree. All right, well, Jesse and I are going to step aside. We're going to let D'Lo and Casey take take over the room. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Insiders here on ESPN 1320 and brought to you by Jeffy Lube. We'll be back tomorrow. Maybe Kyle Madsen will join us. We'll see. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see what D'Lo and Casey have coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.